This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're celebrating the women's basketball team's first ever NESCAC title. Plus, men's track and field has a strong showing at New England's, and it's National Athletic Trainers Month. Meet Andrew England, certified athletic trainer for women's hoops at Bates. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The women's basketball team made history over the weekend. Attorney underdog Bates defeated top seed Trinity 57-55 on Saturday in the NESCAC semifinals. Then they upended number 8 nationally ranked Amherst 51-42 on Sunday, securing the program's first ever NESCAC title and becoming the first ever 5 seed to capture the championship. With the title, they clinch an automatic bid at the NCAA tournament, and on Monday the Bobcats found out they will travel to New York City to take on Roger Williams in the first round, Friday at 5 p.m. Junior captain Megan Graff scored 20 points against both the Bantams and the Mammoths over the weekend. She was named the NESCAC Player of the Week, and she is our female Bobcat of the Week. Cutting down the nets, that must have been such a special experience there at Trinity. Take us through that process, and you got to be the one who waves it around, right? (laughs) It was really cool, I think, um, all of us. I've never gone to cut down a net before, and I know other... um, women on the team haven't had the chance to cut down the net. So it was um, obviously a really cool experience um, doing that. And then knowing we're doing it as um, conference champs was even better. And then, um, you know, the Amherst game, you're up 40 to 20 after three quarters. They start to rally. uh, You you made some big free throws down the stretch. But what was kind of going through your mind and say, especially that moment when they hit three straight three-pointers, right? (laughs) Yeah. um, I just think... And we were, we were leading the whole game. Um, we had a 20 point lead going into the fourth quarter and, um, yeah, obviously they went, they made a run, but it was kind of like, we were waiting for them to make a run at some point. I mean, going, only having 20 points going into the fourth quarter, especially with a team like Amherst, um, I would say is pretty uncommon. So just, um, them finally going on a run in the fourth and us being able to respond, um, we had to respond in the Trinity game, Trinity game that uh, day before. So um, in the moment, I mean, I think looking back at it, um, it's easier to say like, yeah, it was fine. But definitely um, <laughs> they did make it close at one point. Certainly. And then you mentioned the Trinity game the day before you made two big free throws in that game. I mean, the free throw shooting for this team has been really good all across the board this year. I saw you, you know, you practice a lot of practice, obviously what's been the key in that? It's kind of like not the most exciting part of basketball, but it's a very yeah. important part, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, the saying free throws, win or lose games. And um, we always, like, I know at the beginning of the season, we were struggling to get to the line um, as much as we are now. And we talked about it a lot. Like we got to get to the line more. We got to get to the line. And um, we do practice it. We do drills in practice where, um, it adds some pressure on you where you're not just taking like an easy free throw. Um, but yeah, in the moment, um, you know, you do this stuff all the time. It's just being able to do it with a little bit more pressure and obviously it worked out. NCAA tournament. I know coach Montgomery, you know, she went there as a player. Uh, this will be your first trip. Uh, have you talked to her yet about what her experience is like at NCAAs? Unfortunately, I haven't talked to her about it yet, but um, 
I think it's really cool that we have a coach who has this experience and she can um, hopefully just not only like probably like put us in a better situation for and help us prepare, but just knowing that like, obviously none of us on the team have um, experience yet. Knowing that like our leader of our team does is um, really cool. Well, it's like uh, the selection show yesterday on uh, Monday because you knew you were in, but you said to wait like 30 minutes just to see your name on the board. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it was so weird because I, um, I was starting to get a little like, come on, I want to see it. Um, even knowing our name was going to be up there. I think it was just like, there is kind of um, like a surprise factor to it because you have no idea where you're going to go. You don't know who you're going to play. Um, so that aspect was really exciting. And I just, I can't imagine um, the teams that aren't sure if they're going to make it and are um, waiting to get a bid into the tournament. So it was still, it was still really a cool process for us. And Roger Williams, this is not a team that Bates has played before, but they are kind of a New England team there in Rhode Island. Uh, you're going to New York City to play them. I mean, what are your thoughts on this first-round matchup? Um, I, I honestly – I don't know a ton about Roger Williams. I think it's funny because we were actually going to play them um, in our Christmas tournament this year at WPI, and that got canceled. But um, I think um, they're a tough team. Uh, from what I heard, um, they play fast. They transition – um, and it's going to be cool playing them in New York. We have a few girls on the team from there. Um, so I think it will be really cool for just like being a place where, um, some of the team really is from, I don't know. I think the whole experience is exciting no matter where we were. Um, I think we would just be super grateful to be here. When they announced the matchups, they mentioned Roger Williams is a really good rebounding team. Uh, but Bates is pretty good rebounding, too. What's it like to have those host players? I mean, Ari and Bree and, and Taylor as, as a guard. What's it like to have them you know, giving you those second chances if you need them, right? Yeah, I mean, they're the reason that we can put so many points up on the board a lot of the games. Um, it's huge. It's kind of been like our X factor all season being able to um, get second chance opportunities. I think it's a game changer when – say you're struggling to shoot or if teams are in a zone and a lot of the shots that you're settling for are like outside shots out of the paint shots and having um, three or four people on the team who are, are consistent rebounders, especially getting O boards. It just, it's um, gives us a lot more momentum. What does it say about this team that you were able to in, in three games beat three teams who they had beaten you before this year. You beat Amherst as well, but they'd all beaten you before, but you were able to beat them when it mattered the most. What's it say about this squad that you were able to do that there? Oh, I like that question. Um, I think it just shows that like what um, we're capable of and there's never really a doubt of um, if there's like, we, we knew that we could beat these teams. Um, it was just putting all the pieces together at the right time to do so. And I think um, of course, like, we're striving to win every single game, whether it's regular season, um, in conference, out of conference playoffs. But um, when the stakes are higher, it just gives us all the more incentive that we need to like um, perform every single game, all 40 minutes. And it was obvious that we could do that for these last three games. And um, I think we're just in a really good place going into the tournament um, with the way we've been playing, with the way everyone all um, by people on the court all the time can play, can score, can play defense. It's, it's cool. 
And the defense, I mean, really stood out. We mentioned, you know, holding Amherst only 20 points through three quarters. That was like their worst shooting in like 10 years, basically. So what was the key to that great defensive effort in your mind? Definitely team defense and one-on-one defense played um, both huge parts in it. Um, I mean, our team defense, these past two games we've played, (laughs) they've had some really key strong post players to other team, both Trin and Amherst. And being able to dig in as guards to make that second, third help rotation. Um, it had to be there. And we knew that going into the game, it was a part of our, both our game plans. And um, obviously that girl, there's a player on Amherst who's super shifty, super quick. And Mia stepping up and playing her um, all game was, was huge for us. It was really, really key. And she was just able to um, keep her in front. And that like, didn't force us to get, give up many wide open layups and I feel like every bucket that Amherst scored it was they really had to work for it and then um, what are your thoughts on NCAAs coming up you wanted to share I mean because it's it's obviously everyone's very excited I'm yeah sure. um I just think we gotta we have three practices this week before we hit the road on Thursday so just making the most out of that and obviously just can't wait till Friday there you go Megan Graff thank you so much for joining us on the podcast NESCAC Player of the Week and, of course, part of the NESCAC Champion Bobcats. Thanks again. The track and field teams compete at the New England Division Three Indoor Championships over the weekend, with the women placing 10th and the men recording their best showing at the meet since 2016, placing 5th. On the women's side, senior captain Elise Lambert won the New England title in the 600 meters, and it's almost a lock to make the NCAA championships, so we'll catch up with her closer to the big meet. On the men's side, a number of Bobcats turned in impressive performances, with sophomore Ned Farrington moving into third place on the Bates' all-time performance list in the 3K, racing to the finish in 8 minutes, 25.59 seconds. Good for fourth place in New England. He also anchored the fourth place distance medley relay team. And Ned Farrington is our male Bobcat of the week. The 3K, how about that? Jumping right onto third in the all-time performance list here at Bates. Take us through this race. Yeah, no, uh, very exciting jump for me, and uh, just a great weekend all around for the team. Um... Going into the race, I had raced the uh, mile leg of the DMR the night before, so the legs were a little bit tired, but, um, you know, I got some good recovery in the night before and, uh, you know, got my mental space uh, squared away and was able to get into that race, and, you know, I fought as hard as I could and kind of surprised myself in those last uh, 600 meters and was able to hang on for fourth place in an 11-second PR, so, yep. I mean, yeah, you get the sense at near the end that you still have, you know, some juice in your legs, right, to make a strong push. Is that how you were feeling? Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think with, with about uh, probably a K to go, I, I didn't necessarily trust myself. There was a big move made at the front, and, um, you know, I made the decision to cover it uh, with the risk of maybe kind of blowing up and falling off the pack. But, um, but yeah, I really surprised myself and was able to hang on to it, and, yeah. So when you're in a race like that, you're obviously with a lot of other really fast runners because, I mean, the people who finished ahead of you were just – it's amazing that you're third all time but, like, fourth in the race. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, and that helps, though, right? I mean, it helps to have those fast people. Definitely. Um, I've had other races this season, um, actually in the mile leg of that DMR the night before where, you know, I'm kind of alone and it's a lot harder to push yourself in those uh, scenarios than it is when you've got, you know, five other guys right with you 
um, you know, all competing for that top spot. So, yeah, definitely. Well, you touched on the DMR. Um, you mentioned it was on Friday. A really strong showing for the men there also. Uh, what was, what was, what's that group like in the DMR uh, in terms of how happy were you with the performance you guys turned in there? Yeah, so we, we were definitely um, hoping to get uh, top three. We, mm. we came up just shy mm. in fourth. But um, weirdly enough, the top three teams broke the previous meet record. So in some ways, we weren't too upset with it because it was just such a fast race. But... Um, you know, we all battled super hard in that race and, um, that time of 10, 13, we're, we were very happy with and can't complain too much yet. And then for you individually, you're going to Tufts, they call it the last chance meet this yep. weekend. So <laughs> what's going to be your approach? I mean, you, you probably have to take some risks again, I imagine, right? Definitely. Um, I think there's a good group of guys also, uh, some of them were in that race as well, uh, at New England's mm -hmm. and. They'll be running there again, and we'll have a um, pacer who actually, I think, uh, happens to be a coach at Tufts who is still uh, quite fit and able to uh, pace us through. And um, so basically it'll just be hanging on to the back of the pack, hoping I can handle the pace and, you know, have a good last lap and hope we get under the uh, time of 820, which should get us to Nationals. So for people who don't know, explain the role of the pacer because this is only a thing at Tufts, right? Is that right? Yeah, most meets would not right. have that, especially in D3. And um, the pacer basically just makes it so that the race is evenly split so you're um, you know, losing as little energy as possible while going through. Um, that's better than you know going out slow and finishing really fast or going out fast and finishing slow. So, yep, that's their rule. Is it, is it trying to help you basically qualify for NCAAs almost? Yeah, they'll yeah. go right on that pace of, right. I think it's 820 right now is okay. the uh, cutoff, so he'll go right on that pace and we'll just kind of cruise our way to it, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you told me off air that you need to cut four more seconds off your time, right? Yep, it's, so I'm at 825 and I think okay. um, the cutoff right now is like, it's, 820 point mm -hmm. high, yeah, somewhere around there. And that might seem like a lot, but you just cut 11 seconds off, right? So what, what's four more? Five more, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hope, hopefully I can get those last four seconds, yeah. <laughs> and then how about some of your teammates going to last chance? I mean, what are you looking forward to seeing from them? Because obviously they all were really good in New England. I mean, the throwers were terrific. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm really excited to see what they can do. I mean, the throwers have been showing up all season, and um, all of them are kind of like right on that cut off mm. you know it just it's really just going to take one big throw from any of them to make nationals um one of the throwers liam Byrne, was explaining explaining to me yesterday that like it's literally going to come down to the difference between the way he even twists his foot because that could that could give him an extra foot or so and that could get him to nationals um and truman um mm -hmm. you know he he got tripped up in the uh race at new england so we know oh. he has like a lot left to give um, so he definitely be watching for him. He could definitely get a nationals qualifier and, um, John as well. I'm very excited to see he's been training really hard all season and he's finally kind of tapering off of his mileage now. So, um, I think he'll be well rested going into that race and he could drop a really big time. And that's John Mashansky. Yeah. John yeah. Mashansky. Yeah. 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 Cause also, we also have John, John Everett. Everett yeah, well, yeah. He's quite the personality. I had him on earlier. <laughs> <laughs> But what's this team like in general, kind of the dynamic of the men's track and field team this year? I mean, you're a sophomore. You're finally getting a competitive indoor season, right? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I I think throughout this entire season, the energy's just been very electric because, you know, we don't have any of those athletes right now that are, like, um, 
kind of like guaranteed all Americans, but we're all like just fighting super hard to be competitive. And I'd say like kind of the spread between our best and our worst athlete is a lot lower than in a normal year. So it's just really cool because, you know, even in practice, everything is super competitive. And in any given meet, we're competitive with other teams, but also our teammates. So it just makes for, you know, a very competitive atmosphere every single day. Well, yeah, I've noticed that. Like, every meet, it seems like there's someone else stepping up and turning a big performance. That's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And then, um, you know, as a sophomore, well, take us back to when you were in high school. What made Bates the place for you? Yeah, so um, I was obviously looking uh, at a, a few more NESCACs because, uh, you know, the small liberal arts school seemed kind of up my alley. Uh, I went to a small high school. I didn't think I was quite ready for uh, something in the 20,000, uh, range, but, um, yeah, no, I, uh, coach fresh was actually the one who talked to me the most and just the way he pitched the program was just an overall, you know, commitment across the board to the sport that I didn't really see from other schools. Um, and it was just, it seemed that Bates was a lot more kind of team oriented than at a lot of the other schools where they were just focused on individual success, mm. getting individual all Americans and, here at Bates, I mean, it's held true. Um, it's just we're very, very team-oriented in cross-country and in track, um, which I think is rare because it's, it's very much an individual sport. But, yeah. And then Coach Johnson, obviously, I mean, I've been hearing great things. Obviously, he, he had experience as an assistant. Now his first year as head coach, how's that gone? He's brought great energy to the program. And, you know, he's, he's very in tune with kind of all event groups, which I think is good. Um, especially considering he last year he was only working with the sprinters and you know he he's really stepped up and paid uh good attention to you know every event group um after every workout every race he's giving me high fives and everything so yeah he, he's he's really stepped up big time great and then um well any other thoughts on like the season so far and also I guess New England in particular fifth place but it was really close right i mean uh, base was right there between Bowden and Amherst was quite the battle yeah it it really did come down to a matter of a few points um so we're definitely looking to improve on that in outdoor. We'll get another mm. shot at it. Um, actually, in outdoor track, we add in the events of javelin and discus, which is huge because... Um, More throwers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Throws seem to be our strong suit. Um, so that, that'll be very exciting. But yeah, we were kind of right on the edge of that uh, podium spot. And I think we were very happy with that fifth place um, finish, but at the same time, a little bit kind of left wanting more. Um, so it's going to keep us very motivated going into outdoor, which is exciting. Yep. Yeah, outdoor season should be interesting because you have a chance to sweep the main state meets, which is a kind of a rare achievement for any school. Yeah, we're definitely looking for the <laughs> trifecta. We've been talking about that since cross country, so we'd love to do that. Awesome. Well, Ned, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Congrats again on being the third fastest uh, 3K runner in Bates history. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. The Bates baseball team has a successful season-opening trip to Florida winning two of three at the Russ Matt Invitational. The Bobcats opened the season with a 14-2 win over Northern Vermont Linden on Friday and finished off the trip with a big rally to beat the Carthage College Firebirds of Kenosha, Wisconsin, 12-10 on Sunday. Junior Henry Jamison went 5-13 for 13 at the plate for Bates, scoring four runs, tallying two doubles, homering, and driving in three runs over three games. So originally I wanted to uh, play in the Northeast at a high academic, specifically like the Ivy League. So I went to a Dartmouth camp uh, summer going to my senior year, and Coach Martin was there. And I ended up later that fall, I verbally committed to Bates. And I'm pretty happy with the decision. 
He didn't talk to me directly at the camp, right. but he reached out to me a week after, and he pretty much said, look, he liked what he saw. Uh, you could be a big uh, addition to our program. And I really wanted to go to a place where I was wanted mm. as opposed to some other places I was talking to be like, you know, like maybe we can get you a walk-on spot. But I definitely wanted to go where I was wanted. Great. And then third base, um, have you been playing that your whole life? So when I was recruited, I was like, 30 pounds heavier so he kind of saw me as a first baseman and on my visit he's like yeah you're probably gonna play some first base for us so when I showed up my freshman year I was a lot lighter and he's like oh wow so I guess he wanted me at third and that's where I've been ever since so you you were a first baseman in high school or yes sir okay gotcha gotcha and so what was the transition like going to the other corner uh it wasn't that that difficult I guess it it was I had to work more on my agility because at first base it's more just catch the ball right but, i mean i i definitely feel more uh prepared and uh alert in practice because i have to move around more put more focus in the defense just as much as offense what was the competition like playing in high school in georgia i feel like there's pretty good baseball in the south it was pretty good we yeah. so i'm from southeast georgia the baseball is like it's pretty decent there but the early in this uh preseason we would play teams from atlanta mm. and usually we would get stomp by them but i mean it was good to see a lot of like draft prospects and the high level d1 kids that we got to face so after basically no season last year just a few games there and late in the year um you got to return to florida your second florida trip basically yes. so what was this one like obviously a good one for the bobcats two and one yeah it was i mean it honestly it was just fun to be out there yeah. and and play with everyone and honestly this is probably the most talented team that I've been on the last three years and this is the first uh I think winning preseason uh trip we've had and I don't know when the last one was but I remember two years ago wasn't very good the year before that I, I wasn't there but it was probably the same as my freshman year but this was a good trip for sure you mentioned the talent I mean a lot of offense a lot of runs I yeah, saw so yeah. tell us about you know some of your fellow hitters there in the lineup yeah so Top to bottom, that we're we can really swing it. We have a really loud offense. Um, uh, Tyler Atal really, really did well. He had two home runs. Our leadoff hitter Kevin Lucy, he he got on base a lot. Um, Noah Jankowski, uh, he had four four extra base hits. He did really well. I mean, honestly, no one no one did poorly at the plate. Top to bottom, we were really doing well. Yeah, that's definitely really exciting. And then uh, for you, you hit a home run down there. I know you yeah. hit one before in Florida, but you hit another one here. Take us through that at bat. So my freshman year, uh, it was also against a lefty in the exact same field. So I thought it was kind of weird that uh, it happened to be there. But um, I remember that game my freshman year. I had the exact same stat line as I did that day. I went two for five with a home run. Two RBIs, two strikeouts, and a flyout. And I looked back, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the exact same um, day I had at the plate two years ago. But we won this time. Right. Yeah. There you go. That's the big difference. <laughs> and then what did you see on the pitch? Was it like a – what kind of pitch was it or anything? Uh, I think it was a fastball inside. Fastball inside. Yeah. So. Martin, a- Martin's really uh, a stickler about hitting fastballs early in the count. Right, right. And that's usually where we have most of our success. That was my philosophy as a player because uh, I could never hit a breaking ball. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just jump on that fastball, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious about the Carthage game. What a wild one. Take yeah. us through that game from your perspective. 
So, well, first of all, it was like four hours long. Yeah. And we almost missed our flight at the airport. But um, we we were down, I think, nine to five at one point. And what really got us going, I think, was Noah Jankowski's bases clearing double. And then we would just get on base, walks, errors by the other team, and we just kept rolling. And Chris McGrail uh, mm. came in, and he threw uh, three or four scoreless innings, and he really kept us in that game. And uh, honestly, it was like that was a game where it's everyone did something to participate in the win. And I think that's what makes this team and that game really special. Yeah, and you had, yeah, first year McGrail get the win. They also had a first year coming and get the final out for the save, right? Yeah, 3 2 breaking ball, bases <laughs> loaded. That takes some guts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that was McCaslin, right? Yes. Yeah. He pitched uh, twice this trip. Okay, nice. So what are the first years like? I mean, how are they adjusting so far, from your opinion? Uh, we have a lot of solid first years. Uh, um, there were several that didn't even get a chance to play, but um, Joe Bianchi can really swing it. He's got a really good bat. He didn't get a chance to play, but... Um, him, uh, Brendan Kelly's a really good defender. He got one at bat in Florida. Um, ben Genzer can really swing it too. He hit like five home runs in BP before every game. Um, and Micah Sheets did really well in game yeah. two. We just uh, kind of fell apart a little bit defensively that game, but I mean he's gonna he's gonna do really well for us this year. Yeah, so exciting young group, and then. Your junior class, where do you guys feeling like now? I mean, how pumped are you to actually have a real season? <laughs> well, we're really excited. I mean, this is our first full season since uh, our senior year of high school. Yeah. And I, we're a really talented uh, class, and I think all of us are playing a big role in the lineup this year. Great, great. And then what are some goals you kind of set in your mind for yourself and maybe for the team also? Well, I mean, definitely we want to win the, the NESCAC. For me, I definitely want to – play a big role in the offense this year I definitely want to be able to drive in runs being in the middle of the lineup as do uh most the majority of my class is hitting early in the lineup mm. too so um I think us the junior class is going to score a lot of runs for us what's the dynamic like what's the what's the type of team are you guys like are you really really loose out there more all business How, how's it go I, this year we are extremely loose. Yeah. I mean, even in the airport, we're all rowdy. <laughs> um, we have a really good team chemistry. Um, I think that's going to help us a lot this year. We have a lot of locker room guys too. Good, good group of guys. Great. And you mentioned Coach Martin's kind of philosophy on you know jumping on fastballs early in the count. What kind of what kind of what have you learned from him so far? Like you know, as a, as the head coach at Bates and you coming in in the last you know. Two years, even though you really haven't had very many games, I guess. He's told me this several times, but he hates uh, when I swing it off-speed early in the count, right. especially when they're balls. <laughs> so, I mean, the majority of my success, I would say, is early in the count fastballs. And I remember a couple at-bats I had in Florida. I I think I, I would swing like a 1-1 breaking ball in the dirt, which would kind of change the entire at-bat. Mm. But definitely um, he likes – hunting fastballs early in the count and driving them. This weekend you guys are going to uh, New York, right? Yeah, we're playing um, Middlebury on Saturday yeah. and then a doubleheader against um, RPI Sunday. What are, your, what are your thoughts kind of on this, you know, non-conference games here and how you use them to prepare for NESCAC games? Do you treat them the same or any differently perhaps? Uh, we definitely want to come out hot against yeah. uh, 
both these teams. I mean, we haven't played Middlebury yet, or at least I haven't, mm-hmm. uh, or RPI. We know they're both really good ball clubs, but we're going to be ready. Do you know much about the players you're facing? Typically not, probably, right, for these non-conference at least? Uh, I know Middlebury has a re- one really good pitcher, but other than that, I, I don't really know that much about him. So how do you approach a game when you come in and you don't really know much about who you're facing as a hitter? Like, you have to watch the warm-ups pretty closely, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we did. that's pretty much what we did against uh, the three teams we play, we've played this uh, this past weekend. Is there any thoughts you wanted to share about, you know, your time at Bates so far we haven't got to talk about? I mean, it's uh, obviously it's been a... Uh, a weird time so far, but I'm glad it's starting to turn around a little bit, and hopefully this year will be a normal and full baseball season. Yeah, looking forward to having some a lot of home games, hopefully this year, starting in April, I believe, uh, at Leahy Field. So, Henry, thank you so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's March, so it's National Athletic Trainers Month. We are proud to salute our sports medicine team at Bates. Certified athletic trainer Andrew England works closely with the NESCAC champion women's basketball team. And he joins this week's episode of the Bobcast. Well, it's March 1st, so it's National Athletic Trainers Month here on the Bobcast. We have Andrew England, who works directly with a number of our sports teams, including women's basketball. And Andrew, first of all, let's get some background on you. Tell me a little bit about how you first got into this profession, basically. Yeah, so the story is actually pretty funny. I actually kind of got into it without realizing what it all fully entailed. So when I was a freshman at South Carolina, um, I was a tour, I went in as a tourism management major and I took my first class and I was just sitting there and I was like, um, yeah, no, thanks. And so I went to, the, I went to the, uh, career center and, you know, did the whole, like, where should I go? I'm a freshman. I don't know what I'm doing whole spiel. And then, um, they pointed me, well, have you ever thought about doing anything like from a science standpoint? I'm like, yeah, I like science. Yeah, sure. I like science. And then uh, I was like, well, what about um like health like health and well-being anatomy blah 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 and I was like oh yeah I I think I could do that and then I was like okay well maybe I after like kind of thinking about it I kind of ironed it out to physical therapy and then I literally the day I was going to go to the registrar and talk to them about changing my major I saw in like a pamphlet like athletic training sports medicine um work with sports teams uh, provide health and well-being to the athletes. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll give that a shot. Not realizing what all that entailed. My high school didn't have an athletic trainer. And um, yeah, I took, uh, I switched it to that and went and sat in my first class and just fell in love with it ever since. And I've been, that's kind of what I got in. That's how I got into it. It was just pure accidental luck and very thankful that I kind of just stumbled into it. And what's the best part about the job from your perspective? The best part to me about the job is seeing adversity be overcome and having the opportunity to mentor um, individuals who sustain like who are at their very worst and, and mentor them to being their very best. So it's not about it's not just about bringing someone back from an injury. It's being able to mentor them to become better people. And like I admit, there are so many examples of you here, even at Bates, where I've had the opportunity to work with student athletes who have gone from, you know, tearing their ACL or having to get um, a substantial um, surgery or a concussion and seeing them at their lowest and being able to watch them stare adversity in the face and grow not and overcome the things that just absolutely suck and go from 
being at their very worst to overcoming their very best. Like seeing someone like perfect example is seeing there's a women's basketball player who uh, my first year tore her ACL um, the year before. And, you know, when I got her, she was a little behind and we put in a lot of work and she overcame a lot of adversity and, you know, like to like going and watching, uh, like, like going, seeing her at her lowest and then watching her overcome all the hard work and like staring adversity in the face. And then when we went to Bowdoin this past year and she played and she, I remember there was a moment where she was shooting free throws and the student section of Bowdoin was like giving her a hard time. And she just stared at them each time after making a free throw and just seeing, just seeing, um, something, just seeing someone like make that huge play at the end of like a really long season or a really long, um, time being out is just, that's makes it all worth it. It's just seeing that overcoming, like overcoming that adversity and watching them grow, not only as athletes, but as people in that, because you're preparing them for life too. For sure. And you mentioned women's basketball, of course, uh, you mm-hmm. are the trainer for the women's basketball team and they're headed to the NCAA tournament this weekend in New York city. You were there obviously for the NASCAC tournament as well. I saw you getting into it there on the sideline. What's I was. It, what's it been like uh, having, you know, being with this team this year? Oh, you know, it's, it's really been a huge blessing. Um, I, I am so excited for these girls and I'm so thankful to be a part of it. Um, the perspective for me has been, you know, I've known these girls since like sophomore year and watching them all work hard through last year with last year being not the greatest of years from an, from an athletic standpoint, watching them overcome that and working as hard as they have, and then just seeing them be victorious and overcome and respond to the, the multitudes of adversity from all different angles and watching them just win, like watching them play their heart out and, you know, win, like not, and not just winning by barely like winning substantially and seeing like, when I came in here, I think we were like 12 and 12, 13 and 12 or 12 and 13 um, that first season. And we got demolished by Amherst and then just watching us just win and handily, um this past Sunday who just gave me so much satisfaction but it's just been really cool because you know I get to know those girls on a very personal level and seeing like getting to know like them on a personal level and seeing them succeed it's like it's it's relationships that I'm very thankful for and it's just really cool to see someone who people who I really love and care about do as well as they're doing and that that makes all the hard work and everything worth it. Terrific. And we often talk with, you know, athletes about uh, their game day routine and what's your game day routine from a trans perspective? Game day routine. So for usually if it's a home game, I usually try to get there around shoot around time. So we can just do any sort of, I just like to be there at shoot around just to make my presence known. They usually don't really need anything, but if they do need something, I'm there if they need it. But I also use that time to get some of my admin work done, like paperwork and rehabs written for all the things like from earlier in that week. And then usually there's like that awkward hour gap. And like I said, that's when I'm doing admin time. And then usually with the game day routine, they usually come in about an hour before they have to be on court for warmups. And that's usually when we have a good time. That's when I do all my pregame um, taping um, and just getting the, getting the girls warmed up to have a good game. We usually blast some pretty loud music. Um, it alternates from Kanye to uh, a high school musical. So it really uh, depends on what the vibe is for that day. I think we've had a lot more success with High School Musical than we've had with Kanye, but 
Um, I feel like high school musical has been what's getting the girls the most pumped up recently. That's usually my game day routine. And then it's just, you know, sitting there watching the game. Thankfully I'm wearing a mask cause I'm saying things under my breath that I'm glad aren't getting caught on camera. And, uh, um, just like watching them succeed and, you know, break down, take some, take some, uh, take some ibuprofen and then go, go from there. So that's, that's usually my game day routine. Uh, so you mentioned your first year was the 2019, 2020 season. Uh, what, what drew you to Bates? Cause you said you went to the university of South Carolina. How, what was your journey here to Bates eventually? Yeah. So, um, originally I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. Um, I went to undergrad at the University of South Carolina for athletic training, um, and I went to grad school at Boston University, where I graduated in 2019, and I really liked being in New England a lot. I really liked seasons. Like, in South Carolina, it just feels like you're walking through, like, hot soup all the time, <laughs> and I, uh, I really enjoyed, like, having that multitude of seasons, and I really wanted to stay in New England as long as I could, and I, you know, NATA, which is the National Athletic Trainers Association, has a career center where you can look for jobs and whatnot. And I was looking only in new England and Bates popped up and shockingly um, one of my former coworkers who used to be an athletic training here, Katie O'Neill actually went to grad school at the same time I was going to undergrad at South Carolina and she was working at Bates. And so uh, we had a previous relationship and I reached out to her um, and she kind of advocated for me and that's all she wrote. And I applied and got interviewed and I was uh, blessed to be, to be offered the job June of like 2019 and I took it and I have never once regretted taking it. So I'm very thankful to be uh, up here. Love Maine, fall in love with it more and more every day, except for Moxie. I still don't get, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I actually like Moxie and my, my wife thinks I'm crazy, but, um, <laughs> but I was curious about um, maybe something people don't know about your job that you wish they did. Mm. Something that I do wish that, a lot of student athletes knew about my job as well as a lot of coaches is the amount of behind the scenes work that goes on. Um, I think, and it, it's hard. I think a lot of, I think a lot of people have the temptation to take what we do at face value. Um, they see like, they don't see the amount of rehabs, like the extra hours of writing rehabs that would goes into it, like advocating to our doctors to kind of get them back on the field as safely as possible all the annoying other admin stuff like insurance, uh, like insurance work, um, emailing other healthcare providers, like all the, the, the busy work that takes up time. And um, it's just all the behind the scenes work that um, we as athletic trainers do um, that I think kind of gets a little daunting um, whenever we get a little bit discouraged. But I think ultimately, um, I would say a lot of the student athletes know that we put, we work hard and we do our best to take care of them. Um, but it is always nice to be encouraged that, you know, Hey, we see, we see the work that you're doing and we're very appreciative of that, but we don't do it for the, like, that's not saying that we do it for to be recognized or to be thanked or to be appreciated. We do it because we love the kids. We love the student athletes. We love athletics and we want to be a part of that as best as we can. And if that's keeping people healthy and, putting in those extra hours and working behind the scenes though it's what we're willing to do and that's what we want to do one of the wild things i i'm sure you weren't expecting when you took the job and it's because of the situation that happened uh shortly after you took the job i guess sort of uh in early 2020 in march of 2020 specifically all of a sudden the COVID pandemic breaks out and all of a sudden sports medicine at Bates is on the front lines of battle yeah. that what what's that been like for you i mean that's that's not what really 
no one signed up for that, but someone had to step <laughs> up, right? Um, that was wild. Yeah. Um, it was definitely my first year, and it was something where one week I was down in Charleston at a wedding, and then the next week we were sending everyone home. And, you know, my heart broke a little bit um, for, for the student-athletes. I'm thankful for the, the, the time I had. Um, yeah, COVID was, COVID has been a wild ride. It's um, it, I'm thankful for the job security (laughs) and I'm thankful for, um, the opportunities to grow, not only as an, as an, as an athletic trainer, but also as an administrator and, and whatnot. I, I think I've seen a lot of personal development and growth in my own life as well as in others. Um, but yeah, like short answer, it was wild. There was times where there were many tears. There are times where there was a lot of anger and there was a time for a lot of apathy, but I mean, I think that's how everyone was feeling during COVID. So, um, but yeah, a lot of it was, you know, my boss, uh, our associate athletic director for health or athletic performance, Nick cook. Um, he stepped up and he, um, ran essentially became the testing center clinical coordinator and, um, thankfully he knew that athletic trainers are very flexible individuals and are able to multitask well. And so he provided us opportunities to help keep the school afloat. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, so we did everything from re- helping to run the testing center to contact tracing the student facing side, as well as a lot of other behind the scenes things that we needed to, to do on top of all the other sports medicine and athletic training requirements that go with a a normal season. Thankfully, um, sports medicine is starting to not phase out or trickle out, but we definitely have a little bit less responsibility now with COVID from a COVID standpoint compared to a year ago. So it was definitely a time I felt like we were all doing two full-time jobs at once, but I think that's how a lot of people at Bates College felt anyway. So, but I'm thankful for the opportunity to, to learn and grow as a professional, but also it made me really appreciate being an athletic trainer even more. If anything, I've fallen more in love with my profession because I wasn't able to do it to the full extent last year because we weren't really having any athletics going on. And now that we have athletics back in a full force, like what a, what a year. One, I've been double blessed because I've fallen back in love with my profession. And also I'm going to the freaking NCAA tournament. <laughs> like how, how excited, like, I mean, what it doesn't get any better than that. So I'm very, very thankful and excited. So I think COVID as rough as it was, if you have the, a good perspective about it has really like, there's a, there's a silver lining behind everything and everything happens for a reason. So it's kind of facing that adversity. Like I was describing to you earlier and responding to it in a way that develops growth for you and develop, helps promote growth in others. And I think that's something I'm really excited about and thankful for that I got to be a part of as crappy as it was at times. Absolutely. And then last question for you, you mentioned NCAAs. Yep. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're going down there this weekend. Uh, Mm -hmm. your thoughts on it, your, give us a little preview of, uh, Bates and Roger Williams. What's going to be key for the Bobcats to get the victory? Well, I think as from a pure, from just, you know, an expert opinion, um, I think we need to get the ball in the hoop more than than Roger Williams needs to get the ball in the hoop. I will say, I do think that, um, rebounding is going to be huge. Um, I think we need to continue to box. I mean, we out-rebounded Amherst by like, I think it was like, what, like 20, 25? A lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot to a, a lot to a little. Right. And I think that if we can continue to rebound as aggressively as we were against Amherst, and I think if we can just, you know, play our pace, use our talent, and just play confidently, like we like expect to win, like we have been expecting to win these last few games, I think 
we have a lot of momentum going in. And I think we just going to continue to ride that out and I'll be on the sideline again, like I said before, mumbling things under my breath that probably shouldn't be seen on camera, but we are going to go out there and we're going to win and we are going to play as hard as we can because that's just what we've been doing. And I will do everything in my power to make sure that everyone is on that court as healthily as possible. Great. Andrew England, certified athletic trainer with Bates Sports Medicine. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and happy Athletic Trainers Month again. Thank you. Go thank your athletic trainer. Thank you. In other Bates Athletics news last week, the men's lacrosse team fell 12-7 at Babson, and the women's lacrosse team lost a tight 8-7 game in overtime on the road at number 25 nationally ranked University of Chicago. The skiing teams combined to place ninth at NCAA East Regionals, and the women's squash team ended CSA Nationals on a high note by beating Bowdoin 6-3. Go to GoBatesBobcats.com or the Bates Bobcats mobile app for your favorite team's complete schedules and results. There's a lot going on in Bates athletics right now. Highlighted by the women's basketball team heading to New York City for the NCAA tournament this weekend. And 13 Bates swimmers heading to their NCAAs later this month. And we'll have it all covered next time on the Bates Bobcast.